Overflow Beyond the Music is a podcast hosted by musician and pastor Josh McCabe and takes a deep dive into the life of artists, into topics of faith, family, and seasons of struggle. This podcast is presented by Overflow Ministries Group. For more information about Overflow Ministries Group, visit overflowgroup.org. And for more information about our host, his music project Caves, and much more, visit overflowbtm.com. Now here's our host, Josh McCabe, with today's episode. All right, what's up, everybody? Josh McCabe here, your host here at Overflow Beyond the Music. It's so good, good, good to be back in the seat and prepping uh, and for another episode release. Right now, I'm um, just finished all the editing of it, and uh, I figure I'll tell you a little bit about it. We'll get to that in just a second. Um, but as we start off this episode, I want to first say a big congrats to our contest winners from the John Mark McMillan Contest. We were giving away two copies of his vinyl from the Stable Sessions. John signed them as well. And our two winners off Instagram were Allie uh, Cabes or uh, Cabes. Um, It's K-A-B-B-E-S. I probably butchered it, but uh, you can hit me up and maybe explain how I should pronounce it. And also uh, Ben underscore Kovala. I hope I said that right, too. There are two winners of the Instagram contest. And uh, what's funny is Ben is actually from Ontario. He's in, lives up in a little place called Sudbury. And I was up in Sudbury this weekend visiting some friends. However, uh, I didn't bring the record with me. I should have just brought it and brought it right to his house, but, um, I will be shipping those off real soon. And, um, they were able to win this contest simply by following us online and and engaging with us on Instagram and social media. So if you want to follow us on Instagram, you're going to follow at overflow BTM and on Twitter at overflow BTM on Facebook as well overflow btm except there's no at there's a backslash and if you'd like to follow me personally my name is josh mccabe i'm the host of the show i'm a pastor husband father from uh just outside of toronto ontario canada and you can follow me online on instagram at at josh mccaves that's josh m-c-a-v-e-s that's a play on my music project caves you can give me a follow there and i'd love to hear from you and love to connect with you in a personal way uh, but today's guest, uh, before I ramble on any further about other stuff, he's a Grammy winner. He's a five-time Grammy nominee. Uh, he's got chart-topping singles like Chainbreaker, Old Church Choir, Fear is a Liar. Uh, more recently, There Was Jesus with Dolly Parton. And uh, if you don't know who I'm describing yet, his name's Zach Williams, and I've wanted to have him on the show for a while. He honestly is uh, one of my my favorite artists to listen to. And admittedly, I've maybe said this on the podcast before, just a lot of kind of the CCM, uh, more middle-of-the-road Christian, unquote, Christian religious music, whatever you want to call it, is is not really up my jam. I, I love, uh, I'm a believer, I love Jesus, I'm a worship leader, and I love talking to other people who love Jesus about their music. Um, but but Zach is really, for me, one of those artists who who really just hits my soul. I love his voice, and I love the way he approaches Songs and I love that he's got this country, southern, kind of um, raw, raspy vibe to him, and it just it really speaks to me personally. So I really enjoy his music, and it was great to get to talk to him about uh, just a whole slew of different things. But he's getting ready to kick off a drive-in tour featuring Mac Powell. If you don't know who Mac Powell is, he was lead singer of Third Day, as well as the band Kane. They're kicking that tour off in Newton, Alabama, on March the 25th, and it's a drive-in tour, so make sure that you go get your tickets, bring your friends out, you're going to make sure, uh, you're going to want to make sure that you're at one of these shows, 
because it is good to have live music back on the road again. Don't you believe that? Um, I've, I've missed live music a lot in, in whatever way it transforms, whether it be at a local pub or at a big arena show or a small theater or at a church. Uh, I miss being a part of live music. And he's hitting the road with Mac Powell and Kane. And actually, Zach was recently featured on a brand new song by Kane called Rise Up. Uh, and in brackets says Lazarus. So let's play a little bit of that song as we get into my conversation with Zach Williams here on Overflow Beyond the Music. When he said your name, the thing that filled your veins was more than blood, the kind of blood that washes in away. Now the door is open wide, and the stone's been rolled aside. The so I think it's safe to say there's very few times in the history of this podcast, I think we're coming up to about 40-something episodes now, that I have made several requests for a guest, and that guest is here with me today. So I'm pleased, pleased to welcome Mr. Zach Williams to the podcast. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely, man. I, I've really come to enjoy your music, enjoy uh, who you are, uh, your beard, your hair, your voice, all that stuff. And it's uh, it's just an honor to have you on. And thanks for taking time today, man. And I'm, I mean, it's not like there's a whole lot else going on right now, but. No, no kidding. Yeah. We, we've got, we're, we're all under like a uh, winter weather advisory here in Nashville area for the next few days. We're supposed to be getting some historic snowstorm that's coming across Arkansas and Tennessee. So we'll see. Well, here's the funny thing. I lived in Nashville for two years. We just moved back uh, to Canada last summer. And what you call a winter advisory, we call, uh, we call just the morning dusting. Oh, I hear you. You know, they're, they're saying, though, that it's like going to be a historic snowstorm up to like parts of Arkansas are supposed to get like 20 inches. No way. Yeah. And that's, and that's crazy. That is legit. Like, that, like, I'm thinking like an inch or two is, you know, maybe what Nashville will see, but there's where I'm from in Arkansas, they're showing like snowstorm models of up to like 20 inches. And I'm like, that is crazy. And they try to tell us that our earth is warming. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. not, getting, I'm not getting political not or scientific there. today. No, we're not going there today. But we are going to go, uh, you know, into some, some good talks and good conversations. Uh, but your husband, father, five-time Grammy nominee, uh, I've seen – I mean, I read through your, your bio – I love kind of going in a little bit blind sometimes because I feel like I get to know you and helps other people get to know deeper things. But I was reading and I go, I started writing down all your accomplishments and I just stopped halfway through. Um, you've had a very blessed career in a pretty short time. Yeah, it's been, uh, I mean, it's been pretty amazing just to kind of stand back, honestly, this last year and just look at what God's done over the past few years of my life in such a short time. And yeah, I think every day that I wake up and, and get the chance to go write new music or play songs or do these kind of interviews and podcasts, I'm just I'm blessed that you know um, God never stopped chasing chasing me, and I you know, and I'm, I'm blessed that He was there whenever I finally you know got the sense to like realize, hey, dude, you can't do this on your own anymore. You need somebody's help, and He was there waiting on me. When you talk about trying to do it on your own, uh, do, you, do you mean in a music sense, in a faith sense, in a life sense? Uh, unpack that for me a bit. I think I think it's a little bit of everything, you know. I uh, I I definitely, you know, and just as a as a person, as a man, like 
you know, trying to accomplish the goals that you've set out in your life and dreams that you have, you know, I, I, I remember, you know, college basketball, you know, kind of not working out. And then I went to college for an art degree and that didn't work out. And, and so I think realizing, you know, at the end of kind of my Southern rock, Southern rock band music career that I was kind of in at the time, uh, when that was like not what I thought it was going to be. And I found myself just kind of like at the end of my rope, you know, rock bottom, uh, I realized, you know, like I need somebody's help, you know, um, not mm-hmm. just in life, but, you know, in everything that I do, like in, in, in my music and my, in my relationships with my family, you know, I needed, I needed help with all of that. And I think that was where, you know, God kind of stepped in and he was like, okay, now that, now that you've kind of gotten to the point where you can get out of the way, I can step in and why don't you start following me and, and trying it my way for a while. Was, uh, was it a part of you that while this is all going on, trying all these things, you, you know, because some people, they're just, they haven't had that, that encounter with Jesus. You know, you, you hear about Jesus growing up, but like you don't have that encounter with him. Uh, some people have that young age and, and choose to, uh, you know, plug their ears a little bit for it. And some people just haven't had that experience. So what was that like for you? I definitely feel like I had an encounter at an early age. Um, I grew up in church, and and my dad led worship at church, and so I was around it. You know, as a kid growing up, I, I definitely had the had the seed planted, and I and I heard the message. You know, um, and I also remember, you know, being young. You know, in my, you know, maybe my twelve, thirteen year old, you know, kind of ages, starting to kind of like have these like encounters at church, and this kind of overwhelming like need to just like break down and cry. And I didn't understand what that was. And so I would like go hang out in the bathroom for the rest of, you know, the time church was going on because I just didn't want to have that feeling. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know that at that time, you know, that was God kind of calling, you know, something, something on my life and on my heart. And so I just, I ran from that for years and I, cause I didn't like the way that made me feel. And so, you know, I realized now what it was. I realized that even at an early age, God was trying to, to nudge me to let me know, Hey man, I've got. I got a plan for you, um, but I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't in a place where I could understand what that was. I think many people probably look at a life like they hear that story and hear that testimony and go, okay, you know what? That's right. I'll surrender and uh, I'll, I'll go your way, God. And then, um, you know, I'm looking forward to being at the Grammys next year and winning a Grammy. So that like, we'll do that. But, but that's not often how it works. That's just the beginning of the refining process for many people. Yeah. Uh, what was what was the journey from surrender to? Uh, I, I don't even want to make it about accolades, but maybe saying find your finding your sweet spot. Going, okay, this this is what I was born to do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I would say, you know, for for the average person on the outside looking in, they. They see my name, they see an award, and they have no clue who I am. And all of a sudden, to them, it's like this guy came out of nowhere. You know, overnight, he's he's uh, you know winning all this stuff. But what they don't see is the twenty years the, that it took to get here, the struggle, the reckless life that I lived for thirteen years before I finally gave my life to the Lord. And so, in two thousand twelve, uh, basically in two thousand twelve was where my life, I would say, began. You know, it's where I was born again and, and, and truly gave my heart to Jesus and knew that like 
I wanted to try to live my life according to the way he had planned. And so I would say I kind of I kind of quit the music thing for about six months to a year. And me and my wife were just involved in the church in our hometown. And uh, we were getting involved and we were in, you know, Wednesday night growth groups and any kind of class we could go take. We were there. And it really wasn't until uh, they asked me to lead worship on a Sunday and kind of started getting involved with the worship team that it, it all kind of started making sense to me. And I remember my moment of like, going, well, this is what I think I'm, I'm supposed to be doing in my life was I was leading worship on a Sunday and I'd grown up, you know, my dad had listened to uh, Christian music on his job site. He was on the construction company. So I grew up kind of with all this, this Christian music, you know, knowledge and I felt like it was part of my DNA. And so when they started asking me to lead worship and I was picking out songs for services and things like that, uh, it, it, it kind of felt like the back of my hand, like I already knew all this stuff. And so I remember standing on stage one of the first times I ever led worship and just realizing in that moment, like, man, this is this is finally like feels, this finally feels like what I'm supposed to be doing because I felt so comfortable in my own like skin for the first time. I wasn't trying to perform for anybody or trying to get anybody to look at me. You know, I felt like I was performing for an audience of one. And it was just this vertical moment with me and God where I was like, okay, this is this is the connection you've been trying to get me to have my whole life. And the calling you have on my life now is how do you lead people into that same connection? And so I told my wife, I came home and I was like, I feel like I, th I think I'm supposed to be leading worship. And so that was kind of when it started for me. I started leading worship at church and you know, the next thing, one thing led to another, and I was writing music and, and got invited to Nashville, and, you know, that that's kind of how the whole the whole uh, thing with, you know, a record deal started and, and all the other, but, I mean, for me, I was completely content at church leading worship, and I feel like God finally was like, okay, now I'm going to give you your wildest dreams, like. What what role in that, um, in that journey did your wife play in this sort of moment of surrender for you? I mean, she was a huge part in it because, you know, before I gave my life to the Lord, she was pregnant with our daughter and I was in Europe, you know, and she had kind of given me an ultimatum of like, hey, if you don't make some serious changes in your life, like you're going to lose me and your and your family. And, you know, neither one of us were living the way we should have been living at the time, but she was kind of at a point in her life where she wanted something different and I did too. And honestly, I needed to be the man and step up and lead my family in that direction. And so, uh, you know, it was just kind of, had it not been for her nudging me and, you know, and honestly believing that, you know, everybody around me was just using me. Like, you can't see it, but I can see it. Like, and I'm here to yeah. tell you, like, I love you and I believe in you, but I don't think this is what God wants you to be doing with your life. That was, I mean, that was the big thing for me. It was like, I need to make some serious serious life changes or I'm going to, I'm going to lose my wife. And, and I didn't want to do that. You know, I didn't want somebody else raising my family. I think, I think when I have been, my wife and I were actually talking about this the other night is you see a lot of couples that, that don't make it through this music thing. Um, and then you see couples that are making it through, but you kind of go, I feel like one or the other person might choose the career over the family. Yeah. And like, you know, you can see that you kind of go like, man, where are your priorities at? How, how have you managed 
you know, coming into this new season to keep that priority, you know, making those changes, sticking with that, uh, keeping centered on, on faith, God, uh, relationship with your church, relationship with your family, with your wife, your kids. Like how, how have you stayed on that? You know, I think it's just a, a lot of that begins with the people that you surround yourself, like the, the team of people that I've had, you know, kind of built around me for accountability and, and things like that, that speak into my life and that also can, can recognize when it's time to take a break or when it's time to like, you know, maybe, maybe we don't book this thing today and let you have the day with your family. And, you know, they've, you know, I've definitely got their ear and they're, um, you know, looking out for me. And, and, and honestly, I think this last year, even though it was a bummer of a year for, for the majority of us who, you know, well, just everybody in general, but yeah, yeah. For, for myself and for my band and people in the music industry, you know, being out of work uh, for an, almost an entire year, I, I mean, honestly, it was kind of a blessing for me. I, I, I took it as time to get back and hang with my family and do a lot of stuff with my with my wife and kids that I hadn't done in the last three or four years just because I've been so busy. And I think it also allowed me to take into account of like just how easily it can be gone, you know, and right. to really appreciate the things that God's done in my life because, you know, who knows if when all this is over, it doesn't feel like everybody's starting back over trying to, you know, trying to climb the ladder and get to where they want to be. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's just a constant every day, you know, you're striving to like work on those relationships and make sure you're staying grounded. Yeah. And I, I, we, we've talked about it a lot with a lot of different artists on this podcast, how, you know, um, actually, we were watching a show last night, and uh, the the scene is, I think, Black Tuesday, where the whole stock market crashes. And I almost want to go like Black Thursday when the NBA shut down and oh, everyone's dude. tour starts going home. You know, like, I know it was nuts. Where where were you when that when that happened? Were you in the middle of a tour when everything started going home? Yeah, we had uh, we'd literally just gotten to like the sixth show of our forty day tour last spring, and it was, I mean, it was going to be a great tour. I had. We the Kingdom and Kane were on the tour with us, and uh, everything yeah. was just kind of looking up for everybody. You know, they had some great songs out, and I was so excited. And we literally got to a show in Dallas, uh, and our crew set everything up, and we were all ready to go. And about three hours before the show, they told us that basically that we had to tear everything down and go home because, you know, they were, the ordinance for that city was, you know, they were quarantining and no crowds could could gather larger than you know 100 or 50 or whatever it was and we were just kind of bummed out you know and so i do remember that it was kind of kind of fun because our our crew was like well all this stuff is set up like you guys want to play some music anyway and we were like yeah and so we recorded like a little acoustic concert that i'm glad we did in the long run because it was it was it was nice to be able to release that you know a few months down the road when we were stuck at home and actually weren't getting to play music. So it was a good thing that we did it. You know, it was kind of one of those things that just kind of worked out. Yeah. I think, I think one thing for me, and maybe you can, you know, relate to this, but uh, I'm now in a season where I'm, I'm a worship pastor and, and I'm focused on that and leading worship uh, up here in Canada right now. We still, we can't meet as a church. We're still waiting to let them know let, for the government to let us know if we're allowed to meet. And oh, yeah. so we're doing these worship tapings, <laughs> taping our service with 10 people, on a Wednesday night. And it's like, I forgot how much I love just get my guitar out and singing and leading worship or just like singing a song that's on my heart. Uh, 
I feel like a lot of artists are going to really, this has really put a lot of things in perspective, what a joy it is to be able to plug in and put in-ears in and, exactly. and play music. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's for me, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't realize we went and played a little thing a few a few months back for the uh, for this thing out in uh, these this thing called the Chosen, and they film it out in Utah. And I mean, we all had to get a COVID test before we could go and get one when we got there. But the day leading up to that, just like all of us getting in a room and you know rehearsing songs was absolutely amazing. Yeah. And it's like you said, you forget how much you miss it. I mean, honestly, you forget how much you miss everything. Like the church that we go to. <clears throat> has just opened back up recently and, you know, opened their kids program. And I, I told my wife when we were there a couple of weeks ago, I said, I, I forget how much like being in that room, like is just, I, I like to be in the room and f- there's a different presence that you feel when you're at church, when you're singing. I don't, I, I don't find myself wanting to get off the couch and stand up and sing in my living room when I'm watching church. You know, I feel my, feel myself more just like listening to the message and for me you know worship is always what kind of sets the tone for that and so uh, it's been nice to be able to get back and go to church and you know see people again so i'll be praying that you guys get to get back to church soon yeah we're we're praying and you know we're, we're doing some fun stuff and thankfully there's a you know a few artists that are doing some zoom calls stuff or the, you know doing a couple songs we got pat barrett doing one they're just That's gonna awesome. come do a couple songs for just our community, just our teams, yeah. just to encourage us, and and that's been cool. But you know, I think I think to what you're saying about being in the room, if uh, if you're uh, someone who does not believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, then yes, online church is fine for you. <laughs> yeah. But when you get in the room, there's something when the Spirit, like the Holy Spirit, just I feed off you, you feed yep. off me, and it just multiplies. And it's like it reminds me of like Acts two, like they're in one accord. Yep. When that Spirit broke out. And I, f- I feel like the same thing happens in the room when we gather uh, for a concert because whether it be a worship service, concert, yeah. show, whatever we want to call it, there's testimony, there's testifying about what God's done, there's worshiping, there's lifting up his name, there's something different happens. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, and I think, too, when you, when you see people face-to-face, um, whether it be a church during worship or a concert, it's... It's kind of like you can see the you can see the people that are hurting that barely made it there, you know, that that the devil did everything he could that morning to try to get them from making it to church and they're just they need that 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 three or four songs to kind of recenter themselves and get like, you know, get grounded in in the word and uh, you know, you just don't have that when you're home watching it and uh yeah, I think it's important, you know. So we talk about looking at people in the face because when you look at them in the eyes, you you, and whether or not the you know Holy Spirit prompts you on what it is, some people do have that gift where they can kind of see through. Um, other people just something just something about that person. I just don't know what it is, but um, it translates for me when we talk about watching online. I, I think I've watched your live at Harding Prison thing like multiple times because every time I watch it, I'm moved. Uh, by just how people are in the room. So tell me a little bit about that because a lot about that video um, and that whole project, uh, you know, obviously reminded me a lot of Johnny Cash 
and there was some, you know, even the walk in with the guitar, I was like, felt like a, you know, straight out of the movie. It was, oh, it yeah. was really, well, I'm, I'm, was that intentional? I'm a, I'm a huge Johnny Cash fan. I don't know that the way we shot it was intentional to feel like Johnny Cash. Uh, I would say there was some inspiration behind it. I grew up in Arkansas about an hour from where Johnny Cash was born and where his like old homestead and things are. And, uh, but you know, when I watched, when you see Johnny Cash's like performance at Folsom, it's like, I don't think he was there giving him this like great message of hope and, and peace. He was kind of there just getting him kind of fired up and rowdy. And, uh, you know, yeah, a little, little rebellion. In you there. know, I mean, but you know, and, and thank God he he kind of found his way at the end of his life. But uh, I think for me, when I started doing prison ministry with my wife, and then you know, Chainbreaker was kind of a song that was birthed out of prison ministry. Um, mm. It it just only seemed fitting whenever I started looking for a new. I was looking for a new project to kind of do music wise, and I'd kind of been approached um, by this. This uh, this organization in Nashville called Men of Valor, and they they basically take men, you know, who are within a couple of years from being released from prison, and they start mentoring them, and then they take them cool. and yeah. house them, and you know, do everything that they need to kind of get back on their feet. And so I was working with these guys, and the idea to kind of like go in and do an acoustic record of some of my favorite songs on my first record was kind of like this idea and I was like man I would love to do it I said but I would really love to go in to a prison and just record it if we could somehow you guys could pull the strings and we could go set up a video team and audio and do this you know what could what could that look like and and so what happened what happened that day was literally like none of that was rehearsed I mean we were there probably spent six hours in this prison that day uh, we played through those songs multiple times, and the very last time we we played through them, we just told them, "Hey, man, we're we're gonna put the lyrics on a on a monitor on the wall here. You guys feel free to just enjoy yourself." And uh, what we what we were able to capture was just something special. And man, it blessed it blessed me that day. Like I've never I've never experienced anything like that. And so I was just I was just honored to be there and be with those guys and just get to love on them a little bit and tell them, man, there's a guy out there that loves you guys and and he's he's rooting for you and he's waiting for you to kind of come home and ask him, you know, into your heart. And so it was pretty cool to get to be a part of that. That that really encouraged me to hear that too because, yeah, you know, you you watch it and you go, man, what a, what a great environment, but also like what a great marketing, whatever. But it's it's cool to know that 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 was already something on your heart. You'd already been doing prison ministry and not that I assumed you didn't, but I just go, I think that's so important for probably other young artists to go like, what, what is God already doing in your life? And, and how can you use those moments to further music rather than trying to find out what will be the next big thing? Like where's God already placed you? What's he already placed in your hands? Yeah. And I think that was, I think that's probably been the biggest thing that's kind of made me who I am and kind of allowed me to kind of, carve out a niche in Christian music that, you know, maybe not, maybe wasn't there. Um, just, <clears throat> you know, when I started leading worship at church and, and helped them launch a campus and became like kind of the, the campus director and worship leader of that, of that campus, the, our early congregation was like Celebrate Recovery and Jumpstart Ministries and things like that. So I was hearing stories from people every day who, you know, I could totally relate to because I'd lived the same life. And when I started choosing songs or when I started writing songs, I was always 
picking songs or writing songs with with that idea in my heart like who am i trying to reach here you know how can they relate to this and so as i kind of started the journey you know as an artist you know whenever i got signed to a record deal you know i was almost 40 years old and they were like obviously you you already you know who you are you know you know what you want to say and i'd had you know 15 years of of this life that i'd lived that man i just wanted to tell everybody about like man if god can take somebody who was just a mess and turn them into this message like he can do that in your yeah. life and and i think that's the coolest thing about being a christian artist is you can tell the story of of just this different seasons of your life that you've been in when i uh when i i mean i love the celebrate recovery ministry i think what they do is so important um and you know i can definitely look at my own life and some things god's brought me through and probably still working on me through uh you know overcoming the lies and the the holds and strangleholds that that the devil places us in you know on a personal note what what's something that that doing that kind of ministry has maybe unlocked in your own life because i don't think you can minister to people without being changed yourself like it doesn't matter where you go like when you minister and and you pour your heart out um it's funny how you think you're always giving but we're also god's nudging and saying yeah Oh, actually, like there's this thing that I want to work on you with. I think I would say a big thing that God's really done in my life is, you know, when I was in my rock band back years ago and I I just I was so full of pride and thought I was so much better than everybody else. And, you know, wouldn't give people the time of day. And I found myself after God really did a work in my heart of like becoming friends that you know, I could look back and go, there is no way I would I would have given this person the time of day, but like, it's only because I didn't take the chance to get to know him. And I think God's right. really like softened my heart. And I think he's given me uh, this, you know, really taught me like some empathy when I didn't have that before. And then, I, and then I think, you know, he's really like allowed me to get moved past some of my own fears because whenever I when I became a Christian artist, I mean, when I wrote Fear is a Liar, I was writing that song just out of the season of, and I was I was a new artist. Here I am, almost 40 years old. I've been in a band for six, seven years with, with all these guys. Now I found myself starting all over. I was walking out every night with an acoustic guitar on a tour singing two songs. And every time I would step on that stage, there was this voice in my head going, you don't belong here. Like, you're not, you're, you're not one of these people. Like, you don't deserve this, yeah. basically. Like, can't you remember where you were two years ago or whatever? And and I think, you know, it's a I think really what God's done is is just said, Hey man, we're all the same. We all struggle with the same things. Everybody's got their own thing in their life that they're going through. So like don't ever feel like you have to be on a pedestal. Like you're gonna have good days and bad days. But I'm also here to walk you through that. And that's been the the biggest encouragement to me is just, you know, having other other friends that are christians just be like man like it ain't always going to be perfect yeah it never is and i think when you look at someone's uh story you you get to i mean too, too often i think we look at someone's story uh with you know the fifty thousand foot view uh and it's and we kind of go oh man look how great that is but we don't tend to have as much grace for people or ourselves right when we're in it um one of the things that when I think about a graceful artist or a graceful person, um, 
I, I can't think of many more people that would fit that description than Dolly Parton. Uh, someone who just carries a lot of grace in the way she talks and just loves people. And tell me a little bit about that connection and, and how that happened. Cause I, I don't think you can just ring her up and say, Hey, will you, would you do a collab with me? Yeah. Uh, no, when I wrote that song, um, when I got the demo back on it, there was a there was a, a vocal as a BGV on there that just really kind of reminded me of Dolly's voice, and uh, you know, reached out to my record label and I said, "Hey, can we somehow figure out how to get this to Dolly Parton? I want to see if she would feature on it." And you know, everybody kind of laughed at me like, "Yeah, right," you know, like that's going to happen. Yeah. And uh, you know, but we were pretty persistent and we tracked down you know her management and. You know, she you know agreed to listen to the song, and she told me she said I you know I really didn't know much about you. I looked you up and checked out your, some of your music. She said, and then I listened to this song, and she said I didn't even didn't even make it through the first chorus, and I knew that this was a special song, and I wanted to be a part of it. And you know, from day one, she's just kind of been a champion, and she was I mean honestly a joy to work with. She she just had a way of making you feel so comfortable, and um, I mean she. She's definitely stayed true to who she is and, you know, her roots and not forgotten where she's come from and also not forgotten how hard it is, you know, for the for the, the person coming up, you know. And so yeah. I, it was just really cool to get to know her and see her see her heart, you know, for for the Lord, really. Yeah, I think that gets missed in it, um, that, that she does have a heart for the Lord. And um, what's uh, what's something that, you know, I think when you get to work with different artists from different spheres, um, you know, you've had a lot of different interaction with people in the country sphere. A lot of my friends up here in Canada who used to play, you know, Christian emo metal bands or whatever are all doing country now. And so what are some things and some artists that you've crossed paths with? Maybe it's Dolly that have gone, man, that is the Christian industry could take some, some learning from the, from these people. Yeah. Uh, you know, one person that comes to my mind is, uh, so the guy that I wrote There Was Jesus with, his name's Casey Bethard, and he's a, he's a big songwriter, big, he's written a bunch of stuff, and uh, his son was killed last year here in, in Nashville, and um, wow. just to see how he's responded in faith to that, you know, to that incident, and to see how he's been able to stay strong and uh, his outlook on life and, and the fact that he knows, hey, this is only a, a vapor of time that we're here and I'm going to see my son yeah. again. And just even the grace that he's that he's been able to, you know, kind of show for for the, you know, the person that did it through the whole thing. It just, to me, it's been super inspiring. Um, and when I see that, you know, it's it, it makes me want to be a, makes me want to be a better person and work on a lot of things in my life. And, uh, yeah. and, it, and it's, and it really, you know, I would say the other thing is just the, the community of, of people in Nashville. I've, I've gotten the chance over the last couple of years to, to start playing. I played, play the Opry quite a bit now and yeah. the people that yeah. you meet backstage and I mean, they're all rooting for you, you know, and, and, and honestly, in the, at, at the end of the day, like everybody there is trying to, you know, get everybody else's job. It's like, you, it's the one town you can move to where you're struggling artist trying to make it, but the person that knows you're trying to take their job will take you under their wing and yeah. show you the ropes and root for you, which I think is pretty amazing. And I think if, 
if the whole world could be like that, then we'd be in a lot better place. Well, you know, I, I, I felt like I seen the trend a little, a few years ago. And then, you know, especially with artists like yourself and then, you know, Tomlin did some stuff recently. And then we, the kingdoms had some crossover as well, you know, with some country playlisting, but, but there seems to be a really cool synergy happening right now between the country world, uh, and, you know, the Southern influences, yeah. uh, coming back and it's almost like uh almost like what you saw in some of like you know the maybe i'm getting the error wrong but like some of the 60s like gospel southern gospel stuff you're starting to see some of those elements come back and and provide a really unique opportunity for the gospel to reach forty thousand drunken people at a at a country fest at a christian festival sorry at a country festival no i I believe that too you know i think I think when you look at country music or when you look at that genre, you see a lot of their, you know, a lot of the founding, you know, basis for country music was, you know, gospel music. And, Absolutely. you know, I just feel like a lot of it's kind of going back to the roots. And I, and I don't think it's because, I, I think it's really because, like, that's just, like you said, it's there's something going on that's like, they feel the need for it. And everybody in the world feels the need for something there. Everybody's searching for something better, whether they know who it is yet or not. Like, and I think anytime you can have a, have a song organically cross over and reach an audience that would never search you out or have never know your music, that's huge. And I, and you know, with, with having Dolly on that song, you know, at the time it wasn't any kind of like PR move on my part. I just thought, man, it'd be cool to do, a song with Dolly because her voices would be awesome on this. But to see the reach that that song had just because it was associated with her and now, you know, other people who are taking kind of notice in, in the music and are hearing that message, I think that is such a huge win for the kingdom. Yeah, because as you dig deeper, you know, I mean, there is Jesus. Like there's no there's no guessing what that's about or what the message is. And then, you know, you, you hope that people can can go beyond that and hear, hear the depths of, of what you bring in. You know, I do, I do pray for a day when I don't think we're far off from seeing it where some of these big country festivals, uh, you know, whether it be stagecoach or wherever they start doing Sunday service type things Sunday morning. And it's, it's, you know, Zach Williams and Tomlin and whoever out there leading worship. And I, I just, I, I really am praying for revival in that industry, and there's so many believers in it already. I just I think revival's coming in that in that scene. I think that would be that'd be awesome. You know, I would love to be a part of something like that. Well, what you are a part of getting ready for is uh, a drive-in tour that's happening this spring. Uh, have you have you done a drive-in show yet? Yeah, we did. <clears throat> we did about 25 of them last fall. Um, you know, not really knowing what it was going to be like or, or how it was going to go, but it was such a, I mean, a morale booster just to be back out playing music. And honestly, it, it really saved kind of the year for my band and, and, you know, and my family, you know, to have, have work and to be able to, to be able to go and keep going with this. Um, so we're looking forward to it. I think it's, it's a really cool experience. You know, a lot of people don't know what it, what it is. You know, a lot of people thought that they were coming to just some pre-recorded thing that they were going to watch at the drive-in, but it's actually, you know, we're live. We set a stage up in front of the screen, and they cast it onto this big screen, and there's a radio station you can tune into and listen if you want to sit in your car, or you can pull your lawn chairs out and sit outside and watch it. And it's, I mean, it's 
it's not really much different than being at a festival in the summertime. You know, and I think I think that there's uh, there's opportunity to get creative, and and I want to encourage anyone listening to this, go out go out to one of the drive-in shows uh, and and support these artists because you may think, oh, he's Zach Williams, he's doing fine, um, but you know he's got people on his crew that. Uh, need to be paid, sound guys, techs, all that stuff. We got to keep this industry going. And uh, I'd hate for everyone to wake up two years from now and wonder why some of their favorite artists aren't touring anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the biggest thing I've learned this year is just, uh, you know, stand firm in that faith that he's going he's gonna to make a way for it. Yeah, he always does. Um, your latest record is uh, it's called Rescue Story. And I was actually at, at Label Live back a year ago when you were doing a preview of it and uh you got presented with some some plaques as well it was a pretty cool event and i got to hear some of the songs off it tell me just one song writing story from that record that was unique writing one of the songs you know i always find there's some really cool stories about songs that almost didn't make it or that almost got abandoned tell me a really cool songwriting story from that record yeah so actually rescue story was a song that uh, a guy by the name of Andrew Rip and Ethan Hulse uh, had started, and they sent it to to me and my producer because they just kind of had the beginning parts of the chorus kind of written, and they were wondering if it'd be anything that I'd be interested in recording. And so they sent it to us, and we kind of finished the chorus and wrote the, the verses. And uh, I remember getting that demo back on that song and just not really... wasn't really feeling the vibe. I was like, man, I don't know. Like, I... We were kind of like stuck in this thing and could not figure out how to get it to, to feeling like me. It, it didn't feel like me at all. And we, man, we wrestled with that song for months. And then, you know, the, the one song that I ended up, you know, struggling with the most becomes the lead song on the record and the, you know, first single released and then the title of the album. It was just one of those things like it was kind of it was kind of cool to like see a song that almost didn't make it on the record end up being the name of the record in the first song. So, uh, but that's, that's the thing, man. You just got to kind of, got to keep going with it. And you know, it's pretty cool. The, uh, the song essentially had its own rescue story. If for <laughs> yeah. lack of better words, <laughs> for sure. Um, but I was, I was looking on Spotify cause I always want to make sure that I'm up to date and, and everything, but I just saw that you had a, a song come out recently, uh, January 15th, but you're, you're not, you're not the artist, the main artist on it. You're the feature on it with, uh, Kane. So tell oh, me yeah. a little bit about that relationship and, and that song. And, um, you know, maybe with your permission, I know this is Zach Williams guest time, but maybe we might play a little bit of that as we come into this interview, but sure. Uh, so Kane is on the same, we're on the same record label and they were on the spring tour that got canceled, you know, pretty much a year ago. And I mean, they're great. I love them to death and they're so full of energy and, uh, you know, all, all this stuff's been going on during quarantine and obviously everybody's trying to figure out a way to kind of keep their music current and things going on. And so, um, they just kind of reached out one day and asked me if I'd be interested in singing on a version of that song. And, I had some time uh, one afternoon and met them at a studio and sang my part and you know and and so now that's that's what that's what it is. But uh, I, I just anything I could do to help them, you know, was that was what it was about. And I love the song. Before we we play a track off uh, Rescue Story and and just plug the tour one more time, just 
I always love hearing stories like that about, you know, up and coming artists, uh, even though, even though you're still only what a few years into (laughs) releasing records, but, uh, who's another artist that you've crossed paths with or worked with toured with that you go, man, I'm really excited. Uh, whether it be their work ethic, their songwriting, their voices. Um, I mean, I, I love big daddy weave. I got, I, they were one of the first bands that ever took me out on tour. Um, and then I, and then I did the drive in tour last year with them. I just love everything about what they stand for. I love as people, I love these guys to death. They're, they're like brothers. And, uh, you know, I just, and yeah, I mean, I think I could, you can learn so much from being around those guys that just how to, how, how to treat people, how to treat your crew, how to, you know, try, how to walk the walk, you know, not just, and so it's, it's, uh, yeah, man, they're, they're probably my favorite to be around. Well, Mike, Mike Weaver is one of my favorite interviews on this podcast to date. Um, he was just, uh, he was a real deal. I walked away from that going like geez like what a wealth of wisdom that guy is oh man he's he's amazing yeah so tell me a little bit about the the driving tour uh this spring who's coming up with you on it and uh and what can people expect yeah so i think it starts to, toward the end of march and we've got kane opening the night and mac powell who i've always loved as well love his music um he's gonna be out touring with us and then you know end of the night you could see some you know all of us getting together and doing a little end of the night kind of, kind of jam together and maybe, maybe pulling out some old third day songs. That'd be kind of cool. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I can't wait to get it going. Awesome. Well, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say, we're going to find a way to give away some tickets or VIP passes or something like that on this podcast. We'll find a way to do that. Nice. But, um, Zach, I want you to, I want you to pick the song. Why don't you give me a song off rescue story that you, you feel like the listeners just need to hear today? Sure. Uh, I've got, I just honestly had a new single come out top of the year. Uh, and I think it, the, the message in it couldn't be more timely. I think as people are trying to kind of make, resolutions and commitments of what they want to do in, in this year. Uh, I just released a song called Less Like Me, and it's the whole idea behind that song was just, I think, for myself, I probably put more pressure on myself as a Christian artist, you know, than, than, than other people do, because I feel like a lot of times I'm kind of living on a pedestal, and people are looking at me thinking, well, you you must have it all together because you sing Christian music, and... I mean, the song, to be honest, is just a real, you know, look into the day in the life of who I am of, man, I I probably missed the mark more than I hit it, you know, but that's why there's Jesus. That's why there's there's grace, because uh, every day I'm I'm striving to be more like Jesus and less like myself. And and that whole song was kind of written around the fruits of the spirit. And just, you know, I I feel like if I could just take the time to, to stop and, you know, be slow to speak and. And, and do those types of things. Go out of my way for the person that I, you know, sometimes wouldn't, you know, talk to or look at. I think that's what God's calling us to do. And so, uh, yeah, I think right now that's probably my favorite song on the record. Good. I love it. I love it. Well, this is Less Like Me by Zach Williams here on Overflow Beyond the Music.
Thanks for checking out today's episode of Overflow Beyond the Music. For past episodes and more information about Overflow Ministries Group, visit overflowbtm.com.